Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports on all of your platforms Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Harp on Sports Facebook page, of course. We have podcasts available, Buzzsprout, Apple Podcast, Spotify, also the Harp on Sports YouTube channel, and the HarpOnSports.com website. About a week away from the new one launching. Uh, we're up and running at HarpOnSports.com, have been for a while now. I'm just going to get a new revamped website, so looking forward to that. Thing's pretty sharp. Really, really, really cool. Okay, what do we have in store for you today? The SEC 2022 schedule is out. And I like where people like recruiting and like things more than what's going on right now. But it is fascinating for a couple of reasons. We're going to look at that. Also, something that I think is disgusting that Oregon football did. Mario Crystal Ball, the head coach at Oregon, the offensive coordinator, should be embarrassed, should be ashamed of themselves. Outrage is isolated. I don't know why it's isolated. Because I guess I know why. Because people only care about themselves and their world. What do you hear what Oregon's head football coach and their offensive coordinator did? I think it's revolting. I think it's disgusting. It's borderline child abuse. It is. It's borderline child abuse. We're going to explain the why. That's coming your way as well. And the Ryder Cup is coming up. Is the Ryder Cup the best sporting event that doesn't come from the big four basketball, baseball, football, hockey is the Ryder cup. The best sporting event that doesn't come from the big four. So we're going to look at that, but let's start off first, with a little sec scheduling 2022 and looking at things, you know, I, I saw something that was interesting. Florida plays five of their first six games at home and then four of their last five on the road. There's quirks in the schedule, but I was looking at the non-conference slate. I was looking at the non-conference slate as we start to get into this discussion about expanding the college football playoff, more teams involved. And the more and more I look at it, the more and more the heavy hitters in this conference, in the SEC, go big. The middle of the pack, eh, stays there. And the bottom of the pack, no risk. No risk. There are some monster games next year. Monster games. Looking at 2022, these are the three games that I see on the schedule for next year that completely and totally grab my attention. The third one on that list is Penn State going down to Auburn week three. That's awesome. That's awesome. Penn State down at Auburn, just like Auburn went up to Penn State. That You t- can't tell me that wasn't great. Extremely enjoyable. Awesome on all of those platforms. Now you got like Notre Dame, Wisconsin this weekend. I love out-of-conference showcases when you're not in conference play. And uh, tip of the hat to Auburn and Penn State for doing that. That's awesome. That's week three. Completely and totally has my attention next year, looking at SEC matchups, 2022 schedule. That one I have at three. Georgia and Oregon at number two. That's awesome. I mean, good gracious. What more can you ask for? Oregon seems to have figured it out a little bit. I think Georgia's the best team in the SEC. And then the number one matchup next year is Alabama and Texas. 
Everybody's laughing at Texas and, oh, Texas is terrible. Texas is awful. Let's not forget they're just a couple years removed, what, two years removed, two and a half years removed from cleaning Georgia's clock in the Sugar Bowl. Not that long ago, and it's not like this team's four and eight. Everybody asks, like, Georgia's turned into, or everybody's acting like Texas is turning into Nebraska. Are they were what they were 15 years ago? No, they're not. But somehow, all of a sudden, Texas is this putrid. No, Texas and USC are about the same. They're eight and four, nine and three type of stuff. But let's save this whole Texas is terrible. Texas is awful. Oh my, crying out loud. It's just, it's not true. It's just not. But okay, you want to be that person? Go ahead and be that person. Lose your mind. Like if Texas had a down year, a couple down years, down year at nine and four, eight and four. So again, Bama, Texas, UGA or Georgia, Oregon, Penn State, Auburn. Looking forward to next year. Those are, those are the three big matchups in the non con that, that jumped out in front of me when it comes to the SEC's new schedule, at least for next year. Other games on there, I'm just going to rip these off, too, because I wrote them down. No way I can memorize all this stuff. Uh, you know, Then I've got my next tier of games that are good, but not, oh, my gosh, amazing, but decent, got my attention type of stuff. Um, you know, Utah at Florida. I think it was Florida at Utah would be more competitive, but Utah coming to Gainesville, it, you know, playing – the first game of the year in what September 5th or whenever they're going to play, it's going to be 97 degrees in there. Utah's going to melt. So if it were in the mountains or if it was at Utah, you may grab my attention a little bit. Then, oh my gosh. Upset alert. Not here. No way. Um, Arkansas and Cincinnati. Okay. But where Cincinnati is right now as a program, this is something when this was scheduled a couple years ago, it's like, yeah, but Arkansas, Cincinnati. Okay. That's that next tier. Uh, I, I would have said LSU, Florida state, but I don't know what Florida state's going to be. Florida state going to win a game this year. So that's one of those that's like, mm, okay, Miami at A&M. That's another one that I'm like, okay, well, Miami A&M, that looks great. Maybe two years ago that would have grabbed my attention, but Miami's garbage. So I don't even know what to make of that. Uh, so there's a, kind of those games there. And then I'm not going to give credit to anybody that's taken on a team that's part of their regular repertoire like this. Um, Kentucky and Louisville, you're, you play every year anyway. South Carolina and Clemson, you play every year. Uh, okay, but Florida plays Florida State. Georgia plays Georgia Tech. I'm not going to give credit for Kentucky, to Kentucky for playing Louisville and South Carolina credit for playing Clemson when Georgia's playing Georgia Tech and Florida's playing Florida State. And on top of that, Florida's playing Utah and Georgia's playing Oregon. Sorry, you, you don't get credit for that. You just don't. Look at our non-conference, our traditional rival. Well, the other big dogs in this conference are traditional rival and a big boy. You're taking on your traditional rival and then Moorhead State. No, it's ridiculous. And then you got things like Mississippi State, Arizona, Ole Miss, Georgia Tech. Good gracious. What do you see here? Um, What's the other one that I saw? Okay. Uh, Did I knock them all? Oh, Tennessee and Pitt. My alma mater, Western Michigan, just beat Pitt. You're not going to do anything for me. Wake and Bandy, great. Way to go, guys. So, you know, when it comes to the schedule, if you take anything away from it, the big boys scheduled up or scheduled big. Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Penn State, Auburn. And then, look, Utah and Florida is in that next wave of games. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. That's got my attention. I know LSU, Florida State, I, I get it. I, I mentioned Miami and a and I, I, You know, who knows what those programs are going to look like? next year but some of this stuff is just awful god tennessee and pitt and wake and bandy i understand bandy's tra- i get it but come on and then both mississippi schools that's a joke oh sorry missouri kansas state forgot i forgot about missouri kansas state 
But overall, like the when I look at that of those games, I look favorite in half and probably not favorite in the other half. Bad, 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 bad. But nonetheless, you know, the SE schedule is out for 2022. And one thing that I do like about it is the changing of games because that's there's a difference between playing. See, people love tradition, but the biggest tradition in college football is that things are constantly changing. We're getting rid of our traditions. What traditions? They change every five years. Southwestern Conference gets blown up in the early 90s. The SEC expands, adds two more teams. The ACC expands. The Big East expands. I went back through and looked. Did you realize 35 years ago there were 20 independents? In the late 80s, 30 years ago, there were 24, 25 independents in college football. Tradition, tradition. You want to go back to the tradition where there were 25 independents and your conferences had eight teams in them? I mean, tradition, tradition, all this is ruining what? Southwestern Conference blown up. Big 8 turns into the Big 12. Then it goes back to the Big 10. And then or it goes back to 10. And now it's going to go back to 12 after it goes to 8. You guys, everybody gets caught up in their traditions. Traditions, traditions, traditions. The only tradition that exists is that things are constantly changing. Knock that off. I wish things would stay the same. You mean stay the same is never stay the same? Because that's all college football is, is constant change. You want know tradition? Go to the Kentucky Derby. It's horses running an oval. I want my traditions. I want things to stay the same. Cars don't stay the same in auto racing. It's one of those things that's just absurd and ridiculous. So I I do like the fact that we're looking around at schedules now going, all right, well, look, I I know that Florida plays Kentucky in week five this year. Next year, playing them in week two. I love things that move around. They move around in the NFL. Think about this. Does it hurt? The Bears-Packers tradition that this game sometimes on Thanksgiving, sometimes it's on Christmas, sometimes it's the last game of the year, sometimes it's the second game of the year. Does it ruin that? Washington and Dallas, the Cowboys in D.C., does it ruin that when it's week four as opposed to week nine? Well, they play each other twice a year. This whole thing, you got to play each other all the time, play each other all the time. The Yankees and Red Sox rivalry ruined if they don't play the final series of the year or the first series of the year or they don't meet in the postseason that year. Cubs and Cardinals, same thing. I can go up and down sports all over the place and find this. Pick a sport, pick a rivalry. Duke and North Carolina. Think about it, if you took the Duke and North Carolina basketball game and moved it and it was the first ACC game of the year, would it ruin the rivalry? They always play the final game of the regular season, and quite frankly, I think that kind of blows because they play the last game of the regular season, then they immediately turn around and play in the ACC tournament. I think the fact that Duke and Carolina end the season in basketball is no fun. It's like, oh, we're going to wrap up the regular season. They want that to be the ACC championship game, regular season de facto championship game. It never is. So, But again, I like that the SEC moved games around. I would love, love, and I understand that you want to keep some of them. Like Georgia and Florida is always there around Halloween in Jacksonville. Fine. You want to end with your big, big rival? Fine. But you tell me the difference between Florida playing Tennessee September 20th as opposed to Florida playing Tennessee November 8th. No difference. It really isn't. Move these things around. Traditions. Traditions. Overrated. Okay. Especially those type of traditions. There's that. I want to pivot to another quick college football story before I get into the Ryder Cup. I think this is borderline child abuse, psychological child abuse, not physical, not Penn State type child abuse. But like this is mental. This is awful. I'm not going to mention the kid's name because he's 12. 12. So born in 2009. Mario Cristobal and Joe Moorhead 
Mario Cristobal is the head football coach at Oregon. Joe Moorhead's the offensive coordinator. They just offered a scholarship to a sixth grader. A sixth grader. He's been a sixth grader for a month, which means three and a half months ago, this kid was in the fifth grade, and Oregon just offered him a scholarship. Is that healthy? Is it? Is Oregon head football coach Mario Cristobal and offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead, is it healthy for the Oregon Duck football program to offer a kid that obviously physically matured early, sixth grade, but mentally at 12 years old, can you handle the capacity as a 12-year-old to have a scholarship to the University of Oregon's football program thrown in your lap? Now, as Pops is on social media, he loves it because... Pops doesn't understand that his 12-year-old, look at my scholarship, look at the attention, look at the attention. My kid's getting great attention. Here's why, if you say it's not that big of a deal, it's not that big of a deal. Okay, so what? He offered a 12-year-old a scholarship. Here's why Oregon offering a 12-year-old a scholarship is a big deal. I offered you a scholarship, you're 12. What if Oregon yanks it? What if Oregon comes out in two months and says, you know what, 12-year-old, we're going to yank your scholarship. At what point are you, if, if Oregon's offering a scholarship to a sixth grader, a 12-year-old, again, this kid's been in the sixth grade for 100 days. 100 days ago, he's a fifth grader. Think about this. Oregon just, in, we've been in this pandemic a long time, but it hadn't been that long. Oregon just offered a football scholarship to a kid that was in the fourth grade when the pandemic started. You cool with that? Oregon just offered a, full, a scholarship to a, a kid that was in the fourth grade when the pandemic started. This kid just entered the sixth grade, offered him a scholarship. If they yank it next year, you cool with the seventh grader having a scholarship yanked? See what I'm see what does do you mentally? Think about what a sixth grader is. Think about when you were in 12 years old. Zits going through puberty, all that stuff, liking girls for the first time, going through all that stuff. I remember how emotionally mature I was when I was sixth grade. <laughs> Not at all. Awful. Just a ooh, man, Kelly and Zach kissed on Saved by the Bell. Ooh, wow. Wow, is that ooh, that, that's kind of weird. Sixth grade. When it's awkward in gym class to see each other naked in the shower. But we're going to trot out a full ride to Oregon. Yeah, that, that kid's going to be able... A sixth grader is going to be mentally capable of handling a full ride to Oregon. A scholarship to Oregon. Joe Moorhead and Mario Cristobal should be embarrassed. Anybody not bothered by this at all? Nobody's bothered at all but with sixth graders getting scholarships off offers. What about fifth graders? We cool with a fifth grader getting a scholarship? How about a fourth grader? Sixth grade. Oregon offered a scholarship to a sixth grader. I think it's embarrassing. If I were the president of Oregon, I'd be embarrassed. I think it's I think it's it's not good, man. And here's where we are. Because this is how ridiculous this is. Would you be okay with a baseball program offering a scholarship to a kid in the Little League World Series? That's the same age. It's the same age. Actually, now that I think about it, the kids in the Little League World Series are older than this kid because those kids are just wrapping up the sixth grade. This kid just started the sixth grade. Oregon offering full rides to 12-year-olds in football. Yeah, that's not going to mentally damage that kid at all when they yank it when he's in the seventh or eighth grade. There you go, kid, sixth grade. I'm sure that his dad will love it. His dad probably gets to walk around with his Oregon shirt on, Oregon Nike shirt on, going, yeah, did you see my son? Son got a full ride to Oregon. Yeah, that's it. Kid's looking at dad like, oh, my gosh. People are taking cheap shots at him. It just, look how, look how big a physical specimen he is. How can you offer, it just, they don't give a damn about this kid. Come on, they don't care. You can't care about a kid's mental, a sixth grader's mental capacity at all.
and psychological structure if you're offering full rides. Kids, I just think it's disgusting. I think it's revolting. From that to this, we'll try to end on a happy note. The Ryder Cup's coming up this weekend, and I was trying to think, you know, the biggest event in American sports, the biggest event in American sports is what? It's the Super Bowl. It is. It's the Super Bowl. What's the second biggest event in American sports outside of the Super Bowl? Okay, you probably, you can, depending on ratings and you want to look at things, the college football playoff, um, NBA finals, March Madness, see where we're going, World Series, Stanley Cup finals. I, I was sitting here and I was thinking about this because the Ryder Cup's coming up. I love the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup is my favorite now, it's my favorite non-traditional four sporting event. I like the Ryder Cup more than I like any major in golf. I do. Team USA's won this what? Twice? The last 22 years? America's won the Ryder Cup twice in the last 22 years? Maybe that's the reason why, because we can't win it. I want to win it. and I think it'd be great if we win it, but we just can't get over the hump when it comes to this thing. Europe always cleaning us up and down the dial, up and down the course. So I just like the Ryder Cup. Team USA versus Europe and the anger and the booing and how, you know, guys like Ian Poulter troll us and they're right. It just, we can't win as a team in America, America, America. We can't. I love it. I love the Ryder Cup. And I wrote down a bunch of them. You know, non-traditional four sports. What's the best? Now, I will always have a place in my heart because it's home. The Indianapolis 500. But let's face it, it's not the same. Now, it's what I personally like as opposed to what it is. The most popular sporting event that's watched by the most people in the world is Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. It's the Tour de France. Tour de France has the most viewers in the world. What, 3.6 billion, something like that. Then it's the World Cup. I like the World Cup, too. Every four years, the Olympics, okay, enjoyable, I get it, but, you know, the non-traditional four sporting events, this is one of my favorite. Now, I wrote down a couple more, like, you got, you know, you got certain tennis, like Daytona 500, then you have Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, the Australian Open and French Open don't do much for me, and they, just, they don't in a tennis. I watch them, but they just don't. Boxing, but, okay, if you, you go back and give me Holyfield and Tyson, Bo and, and Holyfield, okay. Uh, but boy, I just, those things don't exist anymore. Horse racing, when the triple crown's involved, maybe, but then again, that whole entire event, by the time you add up all the time, how long it takes, it's seven minutes. <laughs> Actually, it's not even that long, is it? All three races. So the Ryder Cup, it's this weekend. And it's my favorite non-traditional four sporting event. You leave anything out? I guess you could, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the traditional four. I'd say the NFL draft, but that's one of the traditional four. I guess you could go through individual sports. And I guess worldwide, is this, in, worldwide it'd be the Tour de France one, but then you've got like cricket finals and rugby finals and things of that nature, the Rugby World Cup, and again, soccer, the Women's World Cup and the Men's World Cup. Those, those are gigantic on, on the global stage. But to me, to me, this is the most American sporting event that we have left. I'm talking about like Team USA. The Ryder Cup's the last bastion of Team USA. The Olympics, we had people openly rooting against American athletes in the Olympics this year. So Team USA, this is, this is, 
this is the thing that I'm most patriotic about in sports, at least here in America. Team USA against the it is. I find myself openly cheering for Team USA against Europe in this thing. So the Ryder Cup, the Ryder Cup to me is the last Team USA sport that. Look, I, I root for Team USA and other things, but this is one of these things that I kind of stop what I'm doing. And if we lose, I'm like, damn it, we lost again. Like, if Team USA loses in soccer, I'm like, all right, sucks a lot. But this one, it doesn't bother me because nothing really bothers me in sports anymore. But it's one of these things that's like, oh, man. There you go. All right, Harpod Sports, the bar. You can check out this podcast and the other podcast. By logging on to HarponSports.com and checking out the podcast page and also our video page, the Harpon Sports Facebook page as well. Of course, you can check out every podcast at Spotify, Buzzsprout, and Apple Podcasts as well. Still working on the website. We're almost done. Next two weeks here, we'll have it all done for you. So there you go. And remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein. Have fun with your friends.